Welcome back to another episode of The Cook Podcast. I'll be your host, Sam Davies. With me, as always, is the beautiful Ben Mariner. Hello. And the Randy Rascal, that is Russell Trough. Good afternoon. Oh, no. <laughs> on, uh, on audio now. Right, you can see me. God, I better put my clothes back on. <laughs> no, that's right. You say that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know uh, Coca-Cola, obviously. Everyone knows Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. so guy called uh jake uh what's his name john pemberton right so he started coca-cola in 1886 so it's been going a while believe it or not in its first year that coca-cola was you know a thing it sold on average just nine bottles a day shit yeah just nine bottles in its first year it now sells 1.4 billion a day wait what oh yeah yeah Yeah. that's 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 like nearly well it's like 70 percent of the world has a coke a day that can't be right well i don't know i mean call up mr yeah. google and ask him but <laughs> i was doing a bit of research so my research goes as far as uh google or telegraph or some other unknown source maybe <laughs> it's yeah it used to sell on average nine bottles a day and now sells 1.4 billion oh 1.4 billion sorry i think you said 4 billion no, no, no. One point. I was going to say, I think you've got the uh, maths wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that true? They used to make out like a cocaine, coca leaves. Uh, oh, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I think they uh, use it. It started off as a medicine, I think, or something like that. And they, they, they did use cocaine at some point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and apparently it's like change it. all they, their first year, so nine bottles, yeah, nine bottles a year, it works out, or oh, sorry, nine bottles a day. It works out that in their first year, they only sold 25 gallons of the syrup. Like, that's not a lot, is it? In a year, for yeah, it's not a lot. No. Then yeah, but now I think they're they're pretty much laughing in it. I wonder if the, the guy was around long enough that created it, that he was around long enough to see it be like super successful, because that's the thing sometimes. Isn't it? Somebody starts a business yeah. and like it's some massive like artist yeah. and they die and they're suddenly really famous. That must have been a pretty crazy thing. Like when they brought that out, they like what the hell is that? You used to drink in just like tea or something back then. Well, it's like um, it, like gone off beer or something isn't it like all that yeah like yeah, yeah they used to drink in the wild west yeah uh and then they've got something that's like just like drinking i suppose if you're used to drinking like water like muddy water and uh tea and stuff like a coca-cola must have been like a mouthful of sugar mustn't it yeah, yeah it mind you if they're making it with cocaine then i can see how people <laughs> can start to enjoy it <laughs> yeah because it becomes pretty addictive off. yeah <laughs> but yeah also that's the same with uh the kfc kernel isn't it Believe it or not, yeah. he was he was actually he was uh, oh well, he's like sixty six thing when he yeah he was in his like yeah. uh, later years when he made KFC so but he he had a really hard life he sort of like um, he he like suffered with depression and he lost jobs and had divorces and stuff and then when he was uh, a bit older older on in his life he he made KFC and now look at it so yeah. that's a, that's right. a lesson for anyone starting up a business don't give up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mag- you, that magical s- combination of herbs and spices. Just yeah. Have you seen that film called The Founder about McDonald's? How that started? Uh, Michael oh, Keaton. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen. Oh, it, I see. What's that? That's that's interesting. He just met like those two brothers doing burgers somewhere, Arizona, wherever it was, and uh, he ended up uh, buying the rights for it. So he was quite clever. Oh and really? Then he, it, yeah. Then pushed on from there and. Yeah, it's like some burger drive-through or something. Just like we'll start off one restaurant, obviously, and then just went off. Yeah, what's watch the, it. It's, what, it's what's the name of the restaurant? What's the name of the fast food chain? Uh, McDonald's, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's any here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you it. know? Do you know on Twitter, KFC's got a Twitter account, right? And they follow. They only follow eleven people, right? So they've got what is their secret? Is it like eleven secret herbs and spices or something like uh, that? Okay. Yeah, no. they only they follow they follow the five the five Spice Girls and then six random guys called Herb. That's all they, <laughs> that's all they follow. On, on Who told you that? Go on their Twitter and it. find out. Talking about spices, yeah. I um, it always surprises me sometimes. When I ask people; they don't know where stuff comes from. You know, because obviously we we use herbs and um, spices and all that in the kitchen all the time. But like when you just go into the cupboard and just grab spice, you don't normally think about okay, what actually is it? Um, so you guys, do you know what the what saffron is? Like what, where it comes from? Oh, I love saffron. It's yeah. a flower inside of a flower, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's like the um, the 
um, stigma of a flower. You know, you get those bits like in lilies and stuff where it comes out and it's very like yeah. tiny little thing. And there's only like four in each, in each, um, in each flower. Obviously they go through and they, they have to pick them by hand. There's no way of doing it like commercially. So that's why it's so cool. It's taking job, isn't it? Because there's like four in each flower and they've got to pick, pick four strands, move the next one, move the next one, move the next one. And then obviously it must take up so much space uh, and they've got to dry them out. So like, I'm not surprised. It's super, super, um, Expensive. It's more, it's more expensive than gold, isn't it? In weight. Yeah, by weight, it's crazy. Yeah, it's not only like red gold, so it's just it's so yeah. so expensive. But imagine, um, well, one gram's about five pound, isn't it? Which you know, yeah, and it's, it's, with gold, yeah, because just because it's so light as well. But this yeah. is the mass, so you get mm. a decent amount. But like, you know, for I don't really like the taste of it either. Like, do you like the taste of saffron? Oh, I love saffron. To be honest with you, I put it yeah. in a bit of. Uh, Put it in some pasta last night. I just did like so. I don't really cook with cream anymore, but I did like a seafood pasta, and I put like just did a little cream reduction in there. And I was looking through my cupboard, thinking, "Oh, what else can I put in it?" And I found some saffron, so I threw that in. And to be honest with you, I, I do quite like saffron. Yeah, well, I've got a little bit just for colour, but yeah, I've got to be careful. I know what you mean, Ben. It's um, if you it's pungent, it, isn't it? Kill it. Yeah, but if like in a bit of paella or something like that. Just to give it a bit of background. Yeah, mm. I just yeah, I just don't really like the, the taste of it too much. But I've got a good recipe though. So I've got um one with scallops. So um got uh, spiced scallops um with like a saffron beurre blanc. So just make you know make your beurre blanc, but with with a little bit of saffron in, nice and yellow, uh, and then seared scallops, and then just on top of the scallops, just put a little bit of um like mushroom spicy seasoning. So like just dry out the just slice the mushrooms up, dry them out in the oven. Um, you know, so the kind of crisp, and then blitz them up with um, some toasted fennel seeds, a little bit of ground ginger, and some salt. Um, and I just sort of pan fried the scallops and then put that on top. And then saffron, but like as like a little pre starter, I suppose, or just like a little one, yeah, intermediate right. course. Just have like a small little bowl with a really like nice dark saffron beurre blanc, and then you know, two scallops with this. So, you so your beurre blanc, so people that don't know what a beurre blanc it's like a vinegary reduction isn't it that you kind of whisk uh, and then you add cream and whisk in the butter um and you can yeah, kind of do sauce yeah it's just a basic butter sauce really but you can do yeah i mean there's no flavors, there's not you? normally cream in it but you just yeah so just like red white wine juice it down with the shallots it's a bit like you know the reduction you make for a holidays maybe and then, then you just, maybe, just the butter. maybe that's just me cowboying it sometimes putting yeah a bit of cream i was gonna say it. i think that's you got a bit wrong no 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 <laughs> that's no, some special method yeah that's if you're in the shit yeah um, but yeah, yeah no, split. Yeah, if we do, um, we did a ginger beurre blanc once as well. That's quite cool. That's quite nice. Oh, that's a good um, idea. Yeah, and you do. Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen loads of beurre blancs. I think beurre blancs is one of those things. Like it's a bit like butter, isn't it? You kind of can do any sort oh, of. So if it's so rich, like, it's do like a seaweed one as well, couldn't you? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your dehydrated mushrooms as well, Ben. I did. Um, I had a load of leftover button mushrooms before, and I uh, just sliced them really, really thin, dried them out under a hot lamp. Um, and then left them for like all day, maybe even a bit longer, to be honest with you. And they were really, really crisp and dehydrated. And then I blitzed them as much as I could and then passed it through a, a sieve. So it was like a really fine mushroom powder. Mm. Uh, and that was it. I didn't put anything else in it. It was just dried mushroom powder. But when I made a, I made a mushroom risotto and then threw a load of the powder over the top, and it just like really made the flavour intense. Because it's just, you know, when you dehydrate something, it's, it intensifies the flavour, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a really nice little topping for it as well. And it's, just, it's just a nice colour. Like you've got seared scallops, you know, that little bit of um, kind of coarse powder on top. So it's spicy, it's just a bit different. And uh, obviously, you've got a bit of texture. And then the, you know, really nice dark um, saffron babylon underneath. It just makes a really nice um, star, especially if it's like in a nice coloured bowl or like a white bowl. Um, yeah, you've got nice, kind of uh, vivid, a moose bouche, something like that. I've got, um, I've got something else for you as well. Um, do you know your tamarind? You use tamarind a lot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got some. T I've got some tamarind paste in my fridge, and I always, I always buy it because I think, oh, I'm gonna get do something with that. And then it's like, you know, a couple of months later, and it's still in there, untouched. So <laughs> I do love tamarind, but I don't really know how to cook it. Does that make sense? How yeah. to do anything with it? You know where it comes from? Uh, it, it's like a. Does it look like a like a peanut shell, isn't it? It's like a something it's like that. Yeah, it looks a bit like a. It's a bit like a pod, it's like a tropical tree, and then it's a bit like yeah, the pods you get peanuts in, like a. A kind of weird shape, not like a like chili shape, but like a long pod. It's got, yeah, it's kind of like always. Yeah, I know what you mean. You crack it open, and then inside is the tamarind, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, yeah, so like ten. Yeah, so like ten seeds inside a uh, pod, and then they and then the um, the seeds are like sticky, and then they get dried out, and then that's like your tamarind. Um, 
But I've got a, a good recipe here actually that I found. Um, so it's date and tamarind granita with caramelized pineapple. So like using it in dessert, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh, nice. um, so basically it's really simple. You're just putting um, dates, tamarind, ginger, a um, little bit of sugar, and then cumin in a couple of, a gram of masala, a little bit of spices. Um, and you're just boiling that in water and letting it reduce down. And then well, that'd be nice for the dates, it, wouldn't it? As well, and it's all kind of sticky. And then when it's cooked through, you push it through <coughs> a, a sieve, uh, and then just just freeze it in a tray, like obviously granita. Uh, and then when it's when it's done, you just sort of scrape it back, so you've got all your nice chunks of ice chunks with really really spiced and um, sweet. And then on top, just a little bit of caramelized pineapple. But that's obviously that the the squalet one's a really nice sort of pre pre uh, starter. And then um, this one's like a really good pre-dessert as well. It's like really kind of spicy yeah, and yeah. fragrant and then a little bit of spice, pineapple, a little glass, quite nice. I really like mm. tamarind, actually. I sometimes when I go to the Thai, I always have like a tamarind duck. So it's just like a duck breast that's got been marinated in tamarind. And that's, it's so intense, isn't it? It's a really strong fra- flavour. But yeah, no, I, I really like tamarind, actually. I rate it quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's good to have little bits and pieces like that for interesting sort of intermediate courses. Uh, and that's that's when you kind of experiment a little bit as well. Like you don't with a main course, you wouldn't think, okay, right, we're gonna <clears throat> try and stretch it out too much. But when you've got really nice sort of intense flavours and you're playing with spices, quite nice to just do, do something you know that's what? small. I always used to like when I was doing desserts, uh, always try and get like um, incorporate a, a savoury element as well, just for interest sort of stuff and stuff yeah. just goes like like that. I always used to try and do that. It's quite. It's quite cool to do that sort of thing. I love, I love even, it. even when cooking a main course, if depending on what it is, I always like to try like get a bit of sweetness in there as well, isn't it? Because it's like when you're eating something so sweet, you crave the saltiness, or you know, vice versa. Yeah, you're just balancing yeah, yeah. things out, isn't it? And like, but I think with the um, with having a different flavour in between courses, something vivid, like say saffron or um, tamarind or the spices, it's just something quite vivid between courses. So it's not like yeah, or like a celery just, sorbet, yeah. something like that. It just it's very either refreshing or spicy and it just hits, you know, it just kind of cleans one, the last dish out and then kind of gets ready for the next one. Yeah. It breaks it up, doesn't it? It breaks up the dishes. Yeah. 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 That's my, um, that's my spice research for this week. So I see the uh, department of health has uh, tried to start companies putting all their calorie list on the menus now, which it's just another person, I think, a bit of a bull ache for chefs. You know? Yeah, people are uh, happy about that, are they really? No, there's a lot of chefs I've seen on, on Twitter and that, that have, you know, they're a bit, I don't want to say upset, but it is, it is an annoying thing, isn't it? How can you, you know, it's so difficult to to do, isn't it? Like, yeah. once, you, once, yeah. once you find out, I suppose, how much calories in a, in a spinach leaf or something, it makes it a bit easier, but it's still pretty hard. However, the good news is, which I found out today, is... They're only going to try and enforce it on companies that have more than 250 employees. So it's going oh, to be, yeah, it's going to be aimed oh, more yeah. at like chains and things like that. So like, they're going to have like head office and all that probably. Yeah. So I think they've got a guy or a woman or whoever who's going to do it all that. Cause a lot of these places anyway, you look at Webspins and that everything's just bought in, isn't it? And it's ready to go like McDonald's and places. Yeah. None of that. There's no cooking involved, is there? It's all pre-done beforehand. So, yeah. And that's all weighed out and done anyway. To yeah. Yeah. All yeah, that's much better. Put it on the plate. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I think the reason they're doing it is just to try and tackle um, like uh, obesity and stuff. So you know, it's estimated that 1.25 million Brits have an eating disorder, um, and that 90. Doesn't surprise me that. Well, no, it doesn't. I thought, it, to be honest with you, I thought it might be higher, but. 1.25 million yeah um and then i mean this is a pretty obvious fact but like 93 percent of diets don't work like they fail um, yeah it's a lifestyle isn't it that's what i i just don't get about these diets it's your lifestyle you have to get your head around that first like yeah. living living it not just like right let's just like measure out this today and then tomorrow we can we can eat a Snickers bar because we did that today. It's not about yeah, that. No, you it's just, not, your it's not your good, whole yeah. life needs to be healthier, doesn't it? You need to have a completely different mindset, I think, if you're going to go into that. You can't just be like, yeah. well, you know, I've been Incorpor- healthy all week, but I'm going to go out on the piss Friday night. Yeah, yeah it needs to be a habit because you can't, you can't operate 
you know, without habit. Because otherwise, if you, you know, you've got a motivation for like five minutes and then you say, I'm going to do this. And then two weeks later, when you're like really craving, really hungry and you want to eat something, it's like, oh, I can't. And like your body's always going to overdo your willpower because you want it more. So it's like you have to just, you know, have it really evenly and just get it into the habit and not actually want it. Because if you do want it and you're trying to force yourself not to have it, that's when you're going to, you just can't fight your body for for the yeah. rest of your life. It's a mental thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I, I know I couldn't do a diet. I don't think I don't think I'd be very good at that. I don't think I've got the mental strength. I think I like eating too much and I like enjoying food too much to to kind of cut down. Like I'm not saying like I don't. I haven't ate McDonald's in about six or seven years. Like haven't even entered a building. I don't think. And that was kind of just me saying right, okay, that's it. No more of that. And I think that was quite easy to be fair. I don't miss McDonald's at all. You know, that's not like a massive thing in my life. Um, and so it does, you know, I think we used to try and do every January, we would just go pescatarian and not eat any meat for a whole month. And I think that's a bit more realistic than trying to say, okay, here's my meal prep for the week. Or, you know, like you were saying, all my calories are weighed out. I could never do that. Not a chance. Yeah. And also it's a bit like, um, you know, if you re- just restrict yourself down, then you just miss it more. But if you just say, right, we're going to cut down a little bit. And it's still there, but you're just, you know, you're just slowly, it's like smoking, isn't it? If you go from one to zero in five minutes, then you're going to, like, you know, you're going to be shaking. But if yeah, you just, so like, say, like okay, habit, today I'm going to have yeah. five instead of six, mm. and tomorrow I'm going to have four instead of five, and then easy. Also, if you, if you can do exercise as well, then you're, um, uh, that, that's going to help you, isn't it? You don't have to restrict yourself to the point where you're, like, <gasps> like going without everything. If you're going for a walk or doing whatever, like, once a day or once every other day then you don't you don't that's what well, i mean yeah. it's like your lifestyle isn't it so you yeah don't have to i think i think i think a lot of depriving people, yourself yeah a lot of people have kind of got like the wrong impression i think when it comes to dieting as well so it's like some people say okay let's just say you eat half a chocolate bar right and you go well i've had half of it i might as well finish it it's okay to eat a chocolate bar when you're on a diet, but then stop at halfway. Instead of going, oh, I've ate half of it, I might as well finish the rest. Well, you're only doubling what you've just ate. So just stop at the half a Mars bar if you can and, and, and have that tomorrow. Up. Yeah, don't, don't yeah, don't don't beat yourself up over it. If you've ate half, that's great. But don't then have the mindset to go, oh, I might as well finish it because I think that's where the difference is. Then you can say, I've only ate half today, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, that's coming from me who... Mm. Probably it's about three miles that, miles a week. That comes back to like a mindset of failure, isn't it? So as soon as they have one bite, it's like, oh, diet's over, so I might as well just go now. Yeah, like, well, stop if you where have one you bite, are. The habit is to go, oh, I've had one bite, so the habit is to then say, oh, well, that's fine. And then you just make it up over time and you, you then sort of even it out because you're like, oh, okay, tomorrow, you know, go for a run and everything evens out and you mm. can save it. It doesn't matter how far you kind of slip, you can then just slowly get yourself back into a big groove. But when it's like yeah. so hard line, like as soon as I put a crisp into my mouth, that's it, all the diet's done with then. And then it's like, you know, it's stupid. I think yeah. another thing as well is, um, is that, are you actually hungry? Sometimes I do, because I, I, I'm like the, the master of this, just like carry on eating anyway, because I like food. Yeah. Um, but like now I'm starting to think like, I'm actually hungry and like, no, do I need to have those cheese and biscuits because I'm not hungry? But whereas before I just, yeah, go on then. Uh, but <laughs> if you're not you're doing it for hungry, the flavour, then you are actually, yeah. yeah, you're doing it for the flavour more than you are. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Right, so uh, cultural appropriation. So this is like all over Twitter, news and stuff. Just uh, it's like the story that keeps on giving at the moment. Um, so what it is, it's like the latest battleground going on in the food world. Uh, it's basically people from one culture cooking stuff from another culture. Uh, example, well, or using ethnic techniques and not crediting the people who originated them and creating racial insensitivity right uh one example is there's a restaurant in new york i was reading about yesterday so it's called lucky lee's so a chinese restaurant run by a jewish american couple white advertised itself as providing clean chinese food with healthy ingredients that wouldn't make people feel bloated and icky the next day that's their words not mine yeah so they told Eater website, they are very, there, there are very few American stroke Chinese places as mindful about the quality of ingredients as we are, which, uh, yeah, you've got to be careful saying stuff like that. So this caused a shitstorm on social media, 
accusing a restaurant of uh, racist language, uh, lack of understanding of Chinese food. So the the restaurant's Instagram was just loaded up with angry comments, uh, including comments about the credentials of a white couple doing Chinese food. But they're not the only one. It's like Marks and Spencer's got in trouble after doing a, a vegan biryani wrap because biryani uh, mm. is traditionally rice and meat. Uh, Ramsey got in trouble. He, well, he's been mentioned. So he's got a new place called Lucky Cat. So this is, uh, he's, he's selling itself as an authentic Asian restaurant despite not having an Asian chef there. Uh, Jamie Oliver has taken a bit of flack for making paella with chorizo. Yeah, it's not yeah. traditionally supposed to have it. And they're saying he's not Spanish, so how can he do this? But, but where yeah, but does come it on. end, There's, really? there's got to be a point. It's like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you, you know, at what point did that come authentic? Like, surely when that was first created a thousand years ago, it wasn't the same recipe as when it was... You know, exactly. as now it is now. So it's like, you know, if you want to change it or you want to change things, like surely that's just up to you. As long as you don't say, oh, it's a traditional pilot and it's absolutely the same and try and brand it like it, you know, it's yeah. you know, wrong. I was advertising, you know, if you want to make a few changes and, and do some different things, and surely like you're allowed to eat what you want. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I, food's about, isn't it? It's yeah, about definitely. Evolving. I think when, uh, when I used to, you know, when I used to, be working in London a little while ago and we used to do some really cool dishes and it would be you know predominantly European sort of like English uh, even some of like classical French kind of dishes but we'd always put maybe you know we'd use some some sort of spice or you know a bit of Asian influence do you know what I mean like we used to do um, get some bonito flakes and bits and pieces like that yeah we used to do that as well. just just incorporate it into uh, what you would call I suppose European dishes uh, that's inventivity isn't it there's nothing you wrong with that, that is there yeah, exactly. And also, right. it's like it's like you guys turning around and saying, oh, well, you know that dish you just said about with the granita and the, the tamarind? Well, tamarind yeah. is, not, is not traditionally English, so I'm sorry, you can't cook that. And even like, as a pineapple. Don't, taking the piss. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, if, you, if you're going to think about it like that, my opinion is, it's like, that's going backwards. I yeah. mean, what you can't, I mean, you, you have got to be sensitive to it. Like, you can't, like, you can go to Naples, like, I couldn't, and, like, set my own, like, um, pizza, pizza restaurant left because no one would probably go. It starts uh, selling I'm, uh, I'm Chicago town pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd get away with it. Just having pineapple, they'll love that. Yeah, oh, but Russell, God, that's yeah. that's different. That's different because you you'd go to Naples, set up your pizza store, and no one would go there. And don't take this the wrong way; it's probably because it's shit compared to the pizzas in Naples. Probably, Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's why, not because you know, you know, because you're not you're allowed a culture. To, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But like, I mean, if you're saying what well, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen this place, Russell, that you're talking about in America, um, Jewish. Just because they're Jewish, they can't cook Chinese food. That's not what you know. Is it Chinese food though? Because it's a different thing. You've got a bit more of a maybe an argument. Not saying that these people are right, but they might have a bit more of a case to stand on if they call it Chinese food and it's nothing, you know, similar even. You know, is is it is it Chinese food that they're doing? I haven't seen the menu myself. Well, the chi- the Chinese food that we get over here isn't Chinese food like that. It's all been adapted to like uh, sort of Western sort of palates, you know, like sweet whatever. Yeah. So probably like, been toned down with the chili as well, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's been changed anyway. But I can I can sort of see the point, but I don't think you need to be that you know police it yeah, sort it's going of like that. Far. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not where, full where advertising. It's like you're just gonna like, no one's gonna be able to do anything if you start looking yeah. like that. Exactly, and I mean you can sort of say, yeah, okay, if it's not authentic Chinese food, like you've changed it a little bit, but still, it's like if it's Chinese style food, like the whole point of the name is just you know kind of what kind of style it is. But like if you yeah. if you can't serve it because you're not from that country, then it's just stupid because you can copy anything. Like I could go to, oh god, I'm trying to think of an example now, but like I don't like. Thailand and learn like you know like Thai massage or something like Sweden like that's when like Swedish massage you can't then say oh you can't come back to England and practice practice that because it's not you're not Swedish it's like mm. but oh you can't make meatballs you know Swedish meatballs because you're not Swedish it's like yeah but I can still go there and learn the recipe and come back and copy it like yeah yeah, yeah that's mean? it it's like that katsu sando I was talking about the other week it's like well, would I get in trouble if I opened a business selling them if, if you're thinking like the way 
that they're thinking, yeah, I would be in trouble, but what, it's, why? It's narrow-mindedness, isn't it? I think from some people's part. You know, if, 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 if you're Chinese and you don't think that's traditional Chinese food, just don't go there, don't eat there then. You know, if you're going to really kick a fuss up about it, there's no point in slamming the restaurant for doing something that they like. Yeah, yeah exactly. You just go home and cook your bangs and mash. Well, but that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that is the world we're living in at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's like really this year has really sort of cranked up the heat on everything like yeah. racial tensions and all this. So I think that's a, a side product of, of what's happened. Like yeah. this but I think that, that's a byproduct that goes too far. Like obviously racial equality is absolutely, you know, yeah. unquestionable. But then, you know, w- yeah. when someone's like talking about like food origins, it's like, hold on, like surely we should be the other way around where everyone's trying to share because yeah. they want everyone to be inclusive. So it's like, you know, let's, um, you know, so let's share cultures and let's try different things. And because you come up with a nice new dishes, like some people take, a Chinese inspired um, spices and, and kind of recipe and, and integrate it into another thing uh, and it becomes amazing and they're like oh that works really well so like to deprive people of that it's like it's just pointless yeah it'd be interesting to see where that goes I think it will just it all sort of fizz out a bit yeah, yeah I, I think mean, it goes on and shit and then just it will just it will just fizzle out and it'll just be a bit like a there's little, always uh, people in this world who have got opinions and are so opinionated everyone's got otherwise we've all got to give up God, yeah. I mean, what, what, as a country, what could we give out? I mean, I don't think anyone's too. Yeah, I don't think anyone's too interested. I think yeah. if you're. That, that's you know. why I'm. That's why I'm worried about it because I'm like Jesus. If I could only cook British food, I'd yeah. be so hungry. Um, we've got we've got you do great sticky toffee pudding. Yeah. You? yeah, we've got uh, we've got dick. great vegetables. I think England produce great vegetables because we've got the right climate for potatoes as well. That's about yeah, it. potatoes and, and vegetables. And stuff, yeah, but... Yeah, strawberries, yeah. I'm just sat there eating sausages and strawberries for <laughs> 16 years. God, yeah. So I bought for the first time uh, the other week some herring roe. Have you ever tried herring roe before? No. No. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, so it's like a... cod roe. Yeah, it's just like a, a grey-looking piece of flesh really and that's me trying to big it up do you nice. know what I mean um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> where can I get some of that <laughs> yeah well I want some yeah so uh, I just I don't know I was at the I was at the fishmongers the other day and um, I just I actually asked what it was what is that it looks fucking horrendous and he said uh, oh it's herring roe and he said yeah just um, just just flour and fry I was like alright I'll tell you what I'll give it some I'll try it so I bought a little little bit nothing much like 100 grams or whatever and uh, took it home so got a bit of flour uh I had to spruce it up a little bit to try and make it look appealing. So I put some uh, paprika in there, a bit of onion powder, a bit of garlic powder, a uh, bit of brown sugar as well, just to keep it sweet. Loads of salt and pepper. Um, and uh, I think I put a few onion seeds in there as well, a few nigella seeds, which I really, really like at the moment. So just dusted it in the flour and just shallow fried it. And it goes like, it looks a bit more appealing. Then it goes kind of like a nice golden brown colour. Um, loads of lemon juice. And just a bit of tartar sauce. And you know what? It was actually really nice. You know, I went back and bought some the other day. And I'm going to do exactly the same again, I think. But it was a nice little like, appetizer just before while I was cooking light. I was cooking my main dinner. Uh, and I thought, oh, I might as well fry this herring roe and try that. And I tell you what, it was a nice little, uh, nice little snack, I reckon, if I'd call it. Okay. Yeah, we used to, we used to do... Um... See, it wasn't very. We just use that scallop row and like dry it out, and then blitz it and use it like a powder. But I just, I never thought that was very nice. Really, I thought it was a bit too bitter for me. To be honest, does that not worry you a little bit? Drying out scallop row because I always think saying like scallops and row and thing, you want to keep it as cold as possible and eat it as soon as possible. But like drying it out, does it not go like all? Does it not just a party for bacteria? Uh, well, yeah, it was sliced really thin and then um, put on a dehydrator tray. But I mean, but the thing is, that once it's dehydrated, bacteria can't really grow. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. As soon as, as long as you, you know, it's, it's safe, it's fresh, and then you dehydrate it, you know, in a couple of hours, then it's all right. But I just, I just didn't think it worth the effort, to be honest. It was just, yeah. it was very like vivid colour, but it was just a bit like, I'd, yeah, I know. Really nice. I see. Uh, I think it was Helen DeRose on the TV a couple of years ago, and she had the scallop row, and she blended it. Um, I think she put like <laughs> an egg white in there, and uh, and then some vanilla seed. Um, yeah, she put it in the scallop and then um, sort of piped it like a ballantine and steamed it. And oh. like it did look really nice, but it's just a, it's just a lot of effort in it, scallop row, for what it is. Yeah, I think it's just the taste isn't that nice. So I really can't imagine it being like, oh, wow, that's really tasty. It's just yeah. very like, bitter and a bit mm. like 
Yeah, it's a bit not very nice. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. But, I got. So, a, I I went to uh, went out for lunch uh, yesterday. Yesterday or the day before. So I went out. So on on the menu, I had. Uh, it sounded really cool. Actually, it's like pulled pork bap with uh, watermelon in it, which cool. is like it's like wow. Well, I'm gonna try. Oh, I'm gonna try that because that sounds like really fresh, it's like a fresh idea. I've never thought to do that before, but I had it. And uh, just, I don't know, I was a bit disappointed because I couldn't, just couldn't detect any watermelon in it. And I think if you're going to, if you're going to put that on the menu, you've got to have that, the watermelon there. Yeah. It was basically just like a pulled pork bath. And it was like, uh, but I, yeah, I always do this. When I go out, I always think, oh, how can, how can I do, do that, but do it better? So I was thinking about it. So uh, I sort of, I came home and I sort of wrote this down. So I was thinking like, if you, if you get like a shoulder of pork, and then you do like a, a, a mix of like dried oregano. This is what I would put into it. Smoked yeah. paprika, ground cumin, brown sugar, maple syrup, salt and pepper. And then get your watermelon flesh, blitz that up and put that in. So make a big sort of like paste with that. Get that all over the pulled pork. Uh, you could marinate it for 24 hours or something, or you could just... Yeah, bung it in the oven, cover it, bung it in the oven, put a bit of cider in there just to give it a bit of like uh, making a bit of steam going on. Cover, cook for eight hours, about 150 degrees. Shred up the meat and add all the liquid that's there into the meat, ditch the fat. And then what I what I would do if I was doing this, I might do this, try this in the future. So get your, so you get your pulled pork. And then get a slice of watermelon, char grill that. So in your back, so you've got your char grilled watermelon with your pulled pork on top of that. Then put the lid on it. And yeah. then you could even like do a bit of crispy sage, bit deep fried crispy sage, chuck that in there as well. Yeah, uh, it's just, you, need that, you need that extra bit of like, I think if the pulled pork's really kind of smoky and um, sort of a bit salty as well, it'd be quite nice to have that watermelon to bite into because it's kind of fresh and juicy. Yeah. And it just kind of helps out a little bit. Could you but put yeah, some of that rub? It, so. Could you put some of that rub on the watermelon as well? Kind of like spruce it up a little bit. Do you reckon, or would that be too much? Might be a bit too uh, much otherwise, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, you can have all that through the pulled pork, and all that sort of flavours going through the pork. But yeah, the watermelon, <laughs> you would you would just lose that if you're cooking it out for eight hours. So you do need, yeah. If you put that like char grilled. Uh, yeah, even if you put it straight on the solid then. top, like just have it really hot and then just, just sear it on the solid yeah. top. Shower it, so. Yeah, that's it. Do you and think it's be, possible? Amazing. Do you think it's possible to smoke well watermelon? That, would that be nice? Smoked watermelon? Is that something? I don't know, yeah, it would take yeah. on the flavour because it's got water in it, isn't it? So it'd take on yeah. the flavor quite well. You could do the chips, um, get them smoking, yeah. and then put the tray of watermelon inside the, a bigger gastro with the chips in and then and yeah. uh, wrap it up. That, that would take on the flavour easily. Um, yeah, yeah. you have to get the right smoke. It's not just not too, um, not too Pungent, intense. Too, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. And then char it off after. Got know. You know what's a nice snack mm. as well with watermelon? You just slice it really thin um, into like bite-sized pieces, and then freeze it. And then whenever you're walking around, get out a bit of frozen watermelon and just munch on it straight away. And it's like a watermelon sorbet that's kind of thing. Yeah, I love the idea. difference between those two recipes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russell's like, yeah, smoking, <laughs> char it, we do this, we're going to cook it down for eight hours. Sam's like, let's put some watermelon in the freezer. <laughs> what, what about if you've got that frozen watermelon to like frozen sort of <clears throat> fingers and then dip the frozen watermelon into like uh, white chocolate? Oh, That'd yeah. be cool, wouldn't it? Ooh, yeah, I mean, if it's as long as it's not too watery, because when, when it defrosts, the chocolate would go all a bit weird, and it might. Well, you'd have to up. eat it straight away, wouldn't you? I think. Yeah, if you put it straight so in, dip and then it in the watermelon, then. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it's so we'll watery, it. chocolate doesn't go very well with that. Does it? If Should it's like we start a watermelon restaurant? Oh yeah, shall we? What would we do in the winter? You then? can have it. You can have it three ways. You can have it frozen, smoked, or in a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> or. Yeah. Or tip a bottle of vodka into the top of it, and then you got a vodka watermelon. Have you done oh, that? Yeah, heard yeah. That. yeah, I did that with blueberries once, uh, and like the the vodka, like obviously it doesn't freeze. You put a whole bottle blows. of vodka in a blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was my that's my version of overnight oats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vodka kind of goes like slushy a little bit. I think it must be from the juice of the blueberries and stuff. But mate, they were so nice. They're like addictive. I'd go to the freezer, have like. 
two or three. I mean, by the time I've sat back down again, I'm like getting up to go get some more. They're fucking lovely. Just can't have too many. Oh, of them. that's a good idea. I'm not sure that. You just say, well, you just leave them in the. To yeah, say. yeah. Just get some. Get yeah. Just um, just vodka and blueberries. That's it. Mix it all together. Make sure they're. They don't even need to be submerged, really, but just make sure they're proper in there. Freeze it overnight so the blueberries go hard, like yeah. similar to like grapes and stuff, obviously, oh, okay. and watermelon. They go rock hard, but like they melt quite quickly when you bite them. So it's almost like um, it's like a, it is like eating a sorbet, yeah. Um, but it's soaked in vodka, and so you get like a shot of vodka and blueberry, and it's really nice. Try it, definitely. He's gonna do that when you. Oh, when you uh, become a dad, there's going to be a lot of um, there's gonna be like ice lollies in the freezer next to the blueberries, and then like, Daddy, can I have some of these? Oh, how many oh, you had dead. already? Um, <laughs> twenty. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, they're just not sleeping tonight. I know what I'll do. I'll give him one of those vodka blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I think my nan used. We used to have a bit of uh, brandy in the in the milk when I was a kid. <laughs> Get us off to sleep. Oh, I can't God. do that nowadays. Eh? That's a fucking weird cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah brandy the milk that's a bit but yeah it's, you have to be careful though like how much and if you get into the habit of doing it too much it's like oh god my baby's an alcoholic he's not even four yet <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's still kids. on the bottle he's still on the bottle get him off yeah. the bottle yeah we don't straight, straight off the straight straight off the um the milk bottle and straight onto the vodka bottle no i don't condone that i don't condone New York again, actually. So I've got something reading about New York. It's not, it just propped up. So there's a, there's a hot dog eating competition that's been going 15 years over there. <clears throat> uh, so at the moment, sort of the guy who's dominating the competition <clears throat> is a guy called Joey Jaws Chestnut. So he's the world's number one hot dog eating champion. Uh, the last championship, he ate 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. It's not what? bad, is it? What? what? Oh, my God. What, bread That's as well? Big. Is That's that bread as well? Disgusting. Like the roll as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell what? you, there's a, there's, a, there's a way to do it. I'm coming on to that. So oh the, year, the, the year before, he also won it. He did 74, so he just improved by one this year. But oh, research suggests he is approaching the limit of human food intake, right? So, um, I think so that's just disgusting, yeah. So, by the way, Joey's won it 13 times. Yeah, well done. Oh my God. So, a study yeah, right, it doesn't matter that the most food a person is capable of eating in 10 minutes is 84 hot dogs, and that's about 21,000 calories. Uh, you'd be oh. sick after that for sure, wouldn't you? I'd, after oh. like five, I'd be, I'd be sick because you couldn't, God, yeah, it's you just couldn't disgusting. Eat. Well, how are they small ones? Are they they actually full size? No, they got they got to be full size. Yeah. God, so that the, is the, no way. I'd study... be terrible at this. I'd be so bad. I'd be like everyone else would be on their tenth hot dog, and I'll be still putting condiments on the first one. Yeah. Oh, I must enjoy it. What's the point of shoving it down? That's why I don't understand about eating compositions. What's the point of shoving it down when it's like they do that over there, don't they? They love yeah, it, man versus food yeah. competition. Yeah. And people are so like, this, and it does annoy me because people are like starving and like, you know, people are dying from starvation and they're just trying to ram as much in as they can. And make yeah. It's just like, oh, it's disgusting. All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. The study concluded that with rigorous training, a human male could eat as much as a bear. So at about 800 grams a minute in a short months. burst, but less than a gray wolf at 1,200 grams per minute. So... Fucking wow. kilo and a kilo, 1.2 kilo. Yeah, that's, that's good, isn't it? Right, so the way oh. to, apparently, if you want to enter a hot dog eating competition, so um, advice from Crazy Legs Conti, 46 from Massachusetts. So he competes in that sort of stuff. So he holds the world record for buffet eating. He did 5.5 pounds in 12 minutes. He's uh, banned so from he every said, Chinese restaurant in the community. <laughs> He did what? Say that again. He did what? <laughs> Apparently, this is what it said. 5.5 pounds in 12 minutes. I don't really work in pounds, so I don't really... No, that's what, is that, that a lot? It sounds like a lot. Isn't that I'm like a baby? Isn't that the size of a baby? I'm going to Google it. He's got the world record, so... Five point what pounds? Five, five and a half pounds. Five point pounds. Um, in grams. Uh, yeah. Shit, it's two and a half kilos. What? How do you eat two and a half kilos in what, 10 minutes? That's a lot, isn't it? Especially if it's all like deep fried and stuff. 
Oh, oh my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. <The thing laughs> is, to train for that, it's not like you're doing that once and then you've got a year where you're like dieting. It's like you've got, that's, you're training for this. So he must be massive. Surely. Yeah, yeah, you would be when you're just like forcing it oh, down every day. God. Must be more fucking grease and oil in your veins than there is blood at that point, surely. Oh, you'd have to have laxatives every day just to <laughs> get it. Just, <laughs> oh, no. just let it go. Oh, just <laughs> down in the prune juice. <laughs> just, so, so here's advice, right? If like you're entering a hot dog eating competition, what you have to do, uh, where does it go? Right, the first step, right? Separate the bun from the dog. So you get two sausages. So you stick them to the back of your mouth and your molars and you just munch them down, two at a time. And then with the buns, right? I know uh, what you're going to say here. I've got to figure yeah, out I know you what can, you're going to say. You're, you're allowed to soak the buns in a liquid of your choice, but it's a five-second limit. Otherwise, it, it, the integrity of the bread is lost and you'll get disqualified. So you can soak it five seconds, squeeze it out. It sounds disgusting. Squeeze it out. And then eat because you don't want any more liquid than you'd, oh, you'd yeah, but and then eat the bun like that. Yeah, but at what stage in your life do you go, you know what? I'm gonna soak a <laughs> bread bun in water while munching two hot dogs, and I'm gonna do that 75 times. At what well, point you in your life <laughs> at what point in your life do you go, I, I fulfilled something here? I'm happy with what yeah, turned out. Would you my be life. proud of yourself if you done that? God, I mean I don't know. No, no. I think I'd be more disgusted with myself, to be honest. God, yeah. yeah. It would feel disgusting. But then, where's the motivation? I don't understand the motivation for that. Where does that the motivation? Well, hang on, from? hang on. What's the what's the prize that they win? Do they, what do they win from it? Oh, I don't know actually. I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, some I didn't coupons to the hot dog oh, to get yeah. more hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a free bypass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah imagine if it was like imagine it was like a KFC vouchers or something. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, if you eat a hot dog like normally, that's called picnic style, and that's very sort of they look down on that because that's amateur. You don't, they don't do that. Well, I, you know what? I wouldn't be ashamed if someone called me a picnic eater. I wouldn't yeah, be. I'd, no, I don't mind that. I'd, I'd, I'd picnic all fucking day. Like, there's no way I'm trying to. I'm, a, I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. Seventy-five that's the latest hot dogs. story. Yeah. So, uh, so I know what we're practicing for the next podcast. Yeah, we're all going to time ourselves in ten minutes. See how many hot dogs yeah. we can eat. Sam will be right with the yeah. sausages, but just not with the buns. Oh god! <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> practice. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. So, what's the price? Do you know what the price is? I don't know. I'll find out for next week. Actually, all right. I think yeah, it's a free uh, round of hot dogs. <laughs> is it? because oh. you can't free imagine KFC voucher. It being yeah. that, you know, unless it's hundreds of thousands of pounds, you can't imagine it being enough of a motivation to make, to kind of ruin your life and like yeah. just make yourself sick and just, you know, and train for do that. We, do we I mean? do that over here? I don't, we don't really hear of that over here, do you? No, because we're sensible. What was that yeah. guy's name? Was it Joey Chestnut, did you say? Yeah, Joey Jaws Chestnut. Yeah, I'm just looking at his picture and he, he's not even like that big of a guy. Like he's, he's probably about six and a half feet tall, but he's not like, he's not a fat, he's not a fat guy. Okay. You must run a lot, oh, there you go. There you go. This is why they do it. First place is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but still, that's five grand. Like to ruin your like life. It's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just get a job. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, go and have a game this week. Obviously, so a little bit similar to all the rest, but that's as far as my imagination goes, really. So, first one, right, is would you rather? Okay, so it's all going to be food related, so get your minds out of the gutter. So, would you rather A, give up cheese for one year, or B, give up chocolate for one year? Uh, chocolate. Choc- I couldn't give up cheese. Yeah, cheese is just too important. Yeah, I think cheese is more a day to day thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah. What would, you, what, what would you get rid of, cheese or chocolate, Russell? Try get with chocolate, I reckon. Yeah, I could probably go with that yeah. chocolate to be fair for quite a while. But I do like chocolate, but yeah, I think cheese is more of a day to day thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I love a bit of brie de mayo just with a nice brie and stuff like that. Yeah, I always make like cheese toasties and cheese omelets, and it's like I use cheese more than I realise actually. Yeah, and pizzas and stuff. There's no way that I could just stop that for like yeah, that's everything. True. Cheese, I'm bloody everything. Yeah, right. So that's that one. That was a pretty easy one. That one. So second one is. Would you rather have leftover takeaway for breakfast or, or, or pancakes for dinner? 
What are you going for? You have to choose one. So if you go to like a hotel, right? You go to a hotel and you're there for a week. Let's just say a week. And the person behind the desk goes, so, sir, we only do one option here. We do either you have... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the worst fucking hotel ever. <laughs> would you rather have leftover takeaway for breakfast? Or, sir, would you like pancakes for dinner? What are you choosing? I mean, I'd have takeaway for breakfast anyway. So yeah. I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, yeah, so would I actually. But you do it for a week though, like a week straight, seven for a whole days. Week. Yeah, <laughs> with a different different type of takeaway. Yeah, pizza one day, Charlie's next day. I'll do that. On that diet we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not leftover hot dogs for breakfast. Oh god, oh, yeah, Christ, no, yeah. yeah. As long as it's not just buns soaked in bloody water, then I'm fine. But, oh, but pa- god, pancakes for dinner. Now. Pancakes for dinner is not that bad, is it? Really, it's not. I mean, pancakes for dinner. You have pancake day and stuff. If it was a galette, like a savoury pancake, ham cheese. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Or is yeah, it like you, you're talking like maple syrup? I'm gonna say like it's a it's a stack of pan- pancakes, yeah, and there's like a block of butter on top, and like half a bottle of maple syrup. Yeah, that doesn't really cut it, <laughs> does it? To be fair though, it's not like you know, it's not like that the worst thing in the world. It? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you know, would you you know, do you want to die yeah, or the worst like, thing? Give me either one. I don't really care. Like I'm quite I'm quite happy with both those options to be honest. I think I'd go for leftover takeaway for breakfast, I think. Mm. Yeah. What, are you, what are you saying, Ben? You're saying leftovers? Yeah, leftovers. And Russell, we know you love a leftover. Yeah, Chinese, as long as it's cooked by Chinese people. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get in trouble. Oh, can you actually delete that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. That was a joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so third one, yeah, is, so this one's a bit more... Uh, Chefy, I want to say, yeah. So, would you rather a put curry powder in a cake, or b put vanilla in a curry? I think in the right curry, you, it depends how much you put in. But I think in the right curry, you could get away with putting a bit of vanilla in it if you yeah. were careful. Vanilla, yeah. yeah. Do you not they think curry like powder? Vanilla beer blancs, actually, they're quite cool. Scallops and stuff like that. Yeah, but do you not think curry powder in a cake could work as well i think that could work all right yeah in the right yeah it has got to be like it'd be take a lot yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't trust you ben to cook yeah curry powder in a cake i'd have to get get a real pastry chef to do it but um yeah yeah i know vanilla in a curry yeah i kind of see that as well don't know it's quite a yeah i can't see curry powder in a cake working you're not. No, no it, it has to be really well balanced. It'd be, it'd be one of those things that you could like just about get away with in the right situation. What if you put it in like? What if you put it in the in the icing or something? I don't know. I'm trying to trying to make it sound more appealing than it is. I think. Yeah. Like, oh god, it just sounds awful. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you could do it. It need like you need to balance out and have to be like a little yeah. bit like a hint of. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. if you start chucking curry in a cake, it's gonna be disgusting. Oh, lamb biryani cake. <laughs> God, it's pieces of lamb in the cake as well. If you did it as a, if you did it as a twist on a main course, we're talking about like twisting it, but that is a big twist. If yeah. you sort of did that and then made that cake into sort of dehydrated it into like a sort of crisp and incorporated that into yeah, it's it's different, yeah. yeah, like a polenta cake, but with curry. Yeah. That might work, can't it? Yeah, yeah then you yeah. can dehydrate it and use it as something to yeah. put. Yeah, yeah. Or something. yeah, I so can see that working. So what are you going for? you going for curry in a cake or vanilla in a curry? Vanilla yes. in a curry. Russell? Vanilla, vanilla yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go for curry powder in a cake. All right. You so, bring some of that over, whatever. Look. Yeah. Right, let, let me know if that works. Yeah, I will, yeah. <laughs> right, right, so next one is A, would you, right, so what would you prefer, right? Prefer to have. So Worcester sheer ice cream. Right, so Worcester sauce, right, <laughs> Worc- ice cream. Worcester. Worc- can we just call it Worcester? Worcester. Worcester sauce. Flavoured <laughs> ice. Worcestershire. You sound like the Americans. Worcestershire. Worcester sauce ice cream, yeah. Or, or B, you have to eat a Chinese with salad cream. What, what sounds <laughs> <more>? <laughs> What sounds Bloody more appealing hell. out of those two? That's a that's a hard one. Oh, Worcester ice cream or salad cream with a Chinese? Yeah, that that ice cream just does not sound. There's no way you can make that work. It's just horrible. If you um, again, if you did that, and it had to be a little quinelle of it on a main course, <laughs> or like you know, like um, if maybe or even a starter, if you did like a tomato. Here we go. 
like if a bloody like mary a kind cake, of thing yeah if you did a tomato salad with like yeah say a bloody mary dressing very good and then like a yeah, little like a bit of that ice, ice cream, cream on the t- on the top that could yeah a little bit of celery salt on top of that that's a win at that. i reckon that could work actually if you if you refine that that's a good uh start so, right there russ you love a chinese have you ever put salad cream on a chinese no <laughs> no, no. The rice. Imagine just mixing it through the rice. <laughs> oh. I'd have a salad cream with like a cheese sandwich or something, but not in a not in a char siu pork. No, <laughs> no not really. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going for, Ben? The, the ice cream or the Chinese? God, both of them sound fucking disgusting. Yeah, um, I'd probably have a go at the ice cream just out of curiosity, but I don't think I'd enjoy it. Ben, uh, Russell. I'm going with the ice cream on that on that starter. Yeah, chicken dinner. I think I'm going for the ice cream as well. I'm not a big fan of either of those. I I, I was pretty disgusted with myself when I came up with those two. But that's yeah, what I was. You yeah. just sitting there going, like, "Oh, I know." Exactly. I just, you know what it was? I was just walking around my kitchen, going, "What can I do today? What can I?" Do? Oh, there's some water sauce up there. Then I opened my cupboard and I see salad cream, and I was like, "I mean, there were some prawn crackers underneath." And I'm like, oh, I don't want Right, so last one. It just gets a bit weirder for me, to be honest with you. This is the last one, but it's probably the weirdest one. So at the moment, with what's going on in the world and stuff, we're all making sure that we're sanitising our hands and we've got to wear masks in shops now, right, and stuff. So this one's completely weird, yeah? So, Oh, God, what's coming <laughs> would you, now? Would you rather, A, have pizza sauce for sanitizer, or B, wear a mask made out of pickles? <laughs> Hold on. A pizza... Sauce sanitizer. Yeah, so what? every time you sanitize your hands, it comes out like Mariana sauce. Oh god! And you, have to, and you have to wipe your hands in pizza <laughs> sauce. Yeah, that's and that sanitizes funny. it. Or you go into a shop, and the whole mask that you wear in is made out of pickles. So you have got the smell and the juice and everything, right? What would, <laughs> oh my god! Where the fuck do you get this stuff? What would, um, you, what would you? You have to choose one. Uh, right? What are you choosing? And you can't wash your hands after the pizza sauce either. Oh god! Um, and the and the but, pickles do smell like pickles still, like they're proper up in your grill. For me, it's imagine the, pizza the sauce. imagine the looks you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pizza sauce all day. Yeah, I hate having things on my hands. I don't like having yeah. messy hands. So like, oh, but, but then I hate, I... would I eat a mask made of pickles as well. <laughs> having all I'd that take pickle the mask, juice, I think. Yeah, having the pickle like juice pickles. drip yeah. down your chin and stuff though. Like. <laughs> um, I'd take that over just having marinara sauce on my hands. <laughs> I like you know touching stuff. So just be covering everything in sauce. Imagine every time you go into a pub and you sanitise your hands, it's just pizza sauce. Just shaking people's hands. <laughs> yeah. So, ben, uh, Russell, what are you going for? Are you going for pizza sauce or sanitizer? Pizza sauce, I reckon. And Ben? No, I'd put it with the pickles, I think. I'd probably start eating them, though, as I was going through the shop. Yeah. I wouldn't have I a think, mask by the time I left. <laughs> I think I'd have to go for uh, a mask made out of pickles. <laughs> and that'd do, wouldn't it? That was fucking weird. Yeah, that was a bit random, but it's good. Thanks for listening, guys. It's another episode of Cooked Podcast. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and don't forget on Spotify. We'll see you next week. Thank you.